You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Tough till you meter in front. Ladies and Reds about to level up. Doug's babe five metres away, then Tay-Tay. End of the straight, it's Tough Tilly and Ladies and Red. Ladies and Red moves up on the outside. She's hit the front and she starts to power away. This champion mare, Ladies and Red, is roaring up the straight at Tabcorp Park. Melton wins another one and in style. What a win. Gee, there ladies some special performances by... there on Saturday night at Melton. Ladies in Red, we touched on Captain Ravishing, of course, the... Emma Stewart, Clayton Tomkin, uh, Major Delight remained unbeaten. Chris Barsby is with us again. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I think ladies in red's getting faster and stronger. Well, just to give it a bit more perspective, Steve, her time on Saturday night was 3.7 seconds slower than what Captain Ravishing delivered when he won the three-year-old Colts and Gildings final. He won his first half 56-8, Captain Ravishing. This first half last mile, last half in 55-3, Rennie's last mile in 52-1. His times were significantly faster than ladies in red, and she looked as probably as good as she's ever been there on Saturday night. So it just underlines the performance of the three-year-old captain, Ravishing, keeping in mind that ladies in red is a year older. She's a four-year-old mare, but that performance was just outstanding. Yeah. That would have to be the best Group 1 victory I think we've ever seen uh, ever since TVs were created, I'm sure, because you just don't see horses do that. Smash the track record, which was held by Locke and Barat. The best performance I can see in a Group 1 race uh, in in recent times, probably have to go back to the 2018 Fremantle Cup. Lazarus sat three deep the trip at Gloucester Park, tight turning track. It was over 2,500 metres. He got beaten ahead behind my hard copy and a mile rate of 155.4. That's probably the greatest performance I've seen mm. in a Group 1 race. But Captain Ravishing was probably above and beyond. So, you know, they, they've got to build a bronze statue of him and have it erected at Melton. He's that good. So, you know, freak. Mm. Now, as I was saying, Chris, I'm like you. You know, you watch obviously a lot more races than me. But when I was watching it live, I'm thinking, gee, this horse is, is doing a bit of work here. They're running a bit of time. He'll probably win... But when he took the lead coming to the bend and then continued to put 28 and a half metres on them after mm. doing it the tough way, sitting outside a damn good horse, Rip, it's just... Ex- and then, then you look at the clock, you think, how did he physically do that? Um, that that's the thing. It, it, it's, it's just phenomenal to think. And, and when he was powering away from his rivals, he was getting faster. The sectionals weren't getting slower. He was getting faster the longer the race went. So you go back to the Victoria Derby... Leap the fame clocked uh, a tick over 54. That was for the 2,700 metres. They've gone 151-1 for 2,240 metres. And, you know, we've, we've been absolutely ambushed with, with the, the hype surrounding this horse coming from Victoria. But it, it, it is going far and wide. There, there's galloping people watching it. I know a number of North American people were watching him on Saturday night. They would have been in disbelief that time he recorded over a distance and just the way he went about it. Like I said, you've got to watch that replay of Lazarus from 2018. That was phenomenal, but he didn't win the race. This horse won the race and was just absolutely mm. sensational. So I was trying to compare it with the thoroughbreds. You know, it'd be like seeing a, 
a good horse in a Cox plate where they're going hard. It's sitting three wide at Mooney Valley outside the two leaders and you're going on yeah. to space rivals. Um, yep. That's <laughs> Anyway, um, Graham Dwyer is with us and I'd like to get his opinion um, being so respected as well. How are you, Graham? Yeah, good, thank you. Did you watch that yourself on the weekend, yep. Captain Ravishing? I sure did. I, that was something else. Yeah. Mm. So who would you fear more, Graham? Captain Ravishing or Leap to Fame? Well, I after that, um, the Derby heat and Grant uh, went a bit slower in that heat and then um, Captain Ravishing beat him. I thought, well, the next week Grant will drive him different, which he did, and then he was the strongest horse. But So I always put him a touch weak, that other horse. But after that run, like, Okay, you put Leap to Fame in front. Does he still beat that horse? I don't know. Like you're talking, you're going 150 over that same trip for Leap to yeah. Fame to win it. It's um, it's incredible. Here's a question, Steve, and you can probably put this up on social media. I'd be fascinated to get the response here. Both of these horses, Captain Ravishing and Leap to Fame, are cults, and they're both wrigley bred. Captain Ravishing, a son of Captain Treacherous out of a, a sports rider mare. Leap to Fame is by Better's Delight out of an art major mare. Who would breeders rather go to out of those two cults? Graham, I'll ask you, if you were breeding and you had the choice of one of those stallions, which way are you going? Uh, I'd say the Better's Delight um, side of it, just that he's done a great job, but yeah, it's hard to say. There's no rules to it, Chris. I, I'm not very good at the breeding game. Um, but uh, whatever they've done, they've got it right because they're, they're two great horses. Yeah, absolutely. So we look forward to seeing more of these horses in the future and uh, hopefully clashing mm. sooner rather than later. You've got a busy day coming up today. Uh, you've got seven runners today. Uh, confiscated here in race one. He's had the five starts for you. Uh, he's been good, but at the same time, he's been frustrating with a couple of breaks. What are you expecting today? Yeah, Manners is, um, is one of his uh, um, Achilles heels, let's say. He, he, he should uh, be better that way, but I sort of think that they extended the norms and it was a, um, a two and three year old sort of a race. So I'll put him in it, and there's a couple of uh, Jack of um, Watch that's got into the race as well, which will make it a bit harder. So he, um, he missed a little bit of work last week, so you'll probably need the run to some degree. Um, and plus he's got to do everything right. So um, that's the only thing against him. Okay. Missing work last week. Nothing too serious, obviously, if you're going to the post today with him. No, he, uh, he actually had a, a snake bite a couple of weeks ago. Uh, not, not a snake bite, a spider bite. And uh, it sort of got infected there a bit. And um, anyway, it's all sorted out now. And um, so we're back back on track. Mm. Just with that, Graham, we hear about, you know, um, spider bites even with the thoroughbreds, and sometimes they think, trainers think it's a spider bite, but they're not quite sure. In, in this case, did you actually see the, the, the spider in the stable or wherever it may have been bitten? No, it's just um, how it behaved afterwards. Of that sort of thought that um, the way the leg looked and how it got infected and, um, and there's no injury around that area, um, it, it sort of looks... After the fact, they sort of come up with that. Yeah. But no, they, definitely never seen no spider. Did Paleface Adios, they believed it was a spider bite, didn't they, with him, Chris, was it? I'm not sure, to be honest, mm, Steve. I think it was, but they were never convinced that it was. Anyway, they weren't 100% sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, race two today, Graham Rigondo. He backs up after scoring here last week, and that just played out perfectly, and he was able to put them away. So confidence is high with this trotter today? Yeah, he just needs the same sort of run, um, run today. Uh, you know, everything's good with the horse. Um, if he just has the right luck at the right time of the race, 
I'm sure we could sort of get the job done again. But it's a very even race. Um, you know, I think the, the horse will get some, the right luck at the right time in this race will, will get the cash. But he's, he won off 20 when he won last week, and he's only off 10 today. So, you know, given the handicaps, he does he does look hard to beat. Yeah, he does. Um, but, you know, he's, uh, he, he's an opportunist. He, he can't make his own luck. So he's guided by whatever everything else does in the race. But... Um, it's such an even race as well, Chris. I think, uh, you know, if things go his way, he's definitely, you know, on song at the moment. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, gets up. Okay. Since he's joined your stable, he came up from Victoria. He's now won, what, seven races here at Albion Park. Has he exceeded your expectations? Well, he did. Well, when I first got in, Chris, he, he's sort of pretty much on his mark and he used to do a lot wrong. And, uh, and we did have a, a few headaches early part with him as well. And then... Um, we just started driving him a bit different and trying, just leaving him for one run without trying too hard through the middle parts of the races. And uh, it, it seemed to um, click with him and t- took the pressure off the horse and uh, and he, he was able to build on his races that way. Okay. Uh, race four today. This is going to be a competitive little race. Uh, only the seven runners. You've got two of them. Surf, Ace and High Voltage. Uh, it's High Voltage the pick of the pair? Yeah, well... Um, I'd have to say yes, uh, the fact that he, he'll make his own luck. Um, Surface has been racing with no luck whatsoever oh, for the last month, it feels. Um, but I, I do believe he's going all right. And uh, and him being on the fence and maybe three fence through the run, you know, it gives him, him a chance as well. But um, but high voltage, obviously, if he rolls to the top, you know, he, he'll be rolling along quite solid. Um, but having said there's only seven runners in the race and, and uh, it's, it's a quite solid race, actually. Like, uh, Sean Grimsley's filly, um, speed dating goes super. And um, Larissa's horse broke the track record in Marburg the other day. You know, so um, it's, it's going to be a hard race for sure. Yeah. Your guy was the last starter runner-up last week behind Targaryen. They went fast time. We know he's capable of fast time, high voltage. But if he finds his groove today and that rhythm, that, seems to be really important for him. He, he's capable of taking them all the way, though, isn't he? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, um, Brendan's driving today as well. I think Brendan sort of gets him trucking along quite well as well. Um, you know, I think the big thing with him is is just not being able to fight him and uh, and him sort of relaxing at the right stages of the race with, you know, within himself and then it gives him enough kick at the end. So, But he is a lot fitter than what he was when I first brought him back. He had an easy week or two when he came back from Sydney and, and that sort of went against him that first uh, race that we gave him there a couple of weeks ago. But um, the way he's going at the moment, I, I think he should be in the finish. Okay. Race six today, you've got number six, Bumper. This is his fourth run back this campaign. Uh, he's coming off that fairly long layoff. So is he starting to build into some sort of peak fitness now? Yeah, I think so, Chris. He just needs the right draw where, you know, he's not doing too much and and, and, uh, and can be in a position to strike. But, um, yeah, he, he still needs to improve, um, you know, so I think we'll just wait a little bit longer there. OK. Race seven, he's on the buzzer. Importantly for him, he comes up with a good draw today, gate two. So that's going to make a world of difference for him. Yeah, it just depends if he can get across the one. Um, I think that's a big thing. And uh, uh, I'm sort of been happy with him this week, so I'm ho- hoping that, um, you know, if he gets across the one, he'll uh, he'll go all right. Okay, as long as he doesn't have to do too much in crossing the one. Well, I think that's where, you know, I think Brenda will sum all that up quite quickly. 
Yeah, okay. So he's been unplaced these last three, but he's actually going better than what those numbers read. Yeah, um, to be honest, when he won, he, I, I thought he went off a bit after that, to be quite fair. And, uh, um, you know, some of his runs just sort of lacked that bit of zing in them, I suppose. So whether that run just knocked, knocked him around a little bit, I don't know. But he, he seems okay, so we'll, uh, we'll just see what happens today. All right. And your final runner is probably the most intriguing runner of the day. Back to Batuta. He goes around in race eight. He's drawn nine. He's first up. First start for you. You've given him a couple of recent trials. What are the expectations with this guy? Oh, I really like him, Chris. He, um, he's a horse that gives you a really good feel. He's, uh, he's fast. He's strong. Um, obviously, he's probably third run back. You know, two trials. This is his first start. So, race fitness might come against him at if anything, but um, he's a horse I really like. Yeah, he looks like he's versatile as well. Just watching him in those trials, you can do a bit with him in, in different sort of scenarios. Yeah, and it's his speed. You know, like uh, he hasn't really tapped into his speed just yet, but I, I, you can feel it in him. So um, I think once he sort of works it all out, and he's a little quite green and raw, and, and I think. Uh, when he sort of knuckles down and works it all out, he, he, he'll be, uh, you know, something good, I think. So how did he find his way into your stable? Well, I'm very grateful. Um, Bruce Jenkins' his track got washed away. and uh, But, yeah, Bruce is kind enough to sort of give us a go. And, and probably a couple of months ago, he, I actually had him and uh, we had um, a foot abscess and uh, a couple of little minor little issues. And so he went back and had a break and Bruce, he, sort of got him back to um, right again and he sent him back and uh, he just this time in he goes and look back everything's been spot on and uh, you know, I couldn't be happy with the horse I was, I was so relieved to get him back I, I nearly cried all night when he went um, but anyway we got him back now and uh, he uh, yeah he's definitely got the ability that's why I was disappointed losing when mm. he had the abscess the first time so yeah okay so in, in 12 months time uh, what, what are you thinking He's capable. Oh. Uh, you'll, you'll think I'm a, I'm a dreamer, but I am. Like, put it this way, there's a, a slot race coming up for um, three and four-year-olds next year for the Queensland side of it. Um, you know, so that, you know, we're going to soon work out where he's going to be, but he just got that raw speed and uh, and that strength behind him, that, which you know, I haven't seen it personally on the track, but, you know, I, I, I just know it's there. And uh, I think if he progresses, you've got to have that speed to do what I'm hoping he can do. And, uh, yeah, so if you ask me what, what my ultimate goal with him would be is to, to get into the uh, slot race that Queensland Racing's going to hold here to get into the other slot race. So, um, you know, and that's all down the track, you know. I don't think it's fully come out yet, but, um, but that's the goal. Right, uh, just on that race today with him, Pepper Blister on barrier one. She can be a bit of a, a handful, so it'll be interesting to see how she gets away. She's a Bonnie Sheila second up off a really long layoff, and then you've got Swedish Starlet, who's first up from New Zealand. It's a hard race to gauge when you throw into the mix your guy, who's first up as well. Yeah, definitely, but I, I just... Um... If we are rock hard fit, I, you know, I wouldn't be too worried. Like, I, I really want to know more about the horse and race conditions, and we'll find that out today. And uh, But he, he does give you a bit of confidence, the horse, you know. So um, I'm going to go go with that. Um, 
obviously the opposition there are all drawn well and 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 it's very good opposition. But um, I think if this horse puts his uh, best foot forward, he should definitely be in it. Okay, is he the best of your horses today? Well, he's the best horse I got, Chris. <laughs> there you go, plain and simple. How many are you working right now? We've got um, about twenty-five uh, in work, and uh, yeah, and we're always. Uh, chasing more horses and especially um, race horses. You know, we definitely want to branch out a bit further all the time and um, because we've got great help at home and, uh, you know, yeah, we're just sort of trying to do a good job here. So we definitely want to continue on doing that. Okay. In saying that, uh, we're we're approaching the end of 2022. Uh, Young horses, is there a a new batch on the way for next year? Yeah, I I actually a lot happier with the ones we've got coming through. yeah, we've got a full brother to Regatta Tilly and uh, really like him. And um, and there's a couple of fillies there that I really like. So I think everything at the moment looks pretty good. All right. Well, you do a super job. And there'll be an addition to the driving ranks, uh, what, probably uh, midway through next year? Oh, not long now, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, 11th of <laughs> April next year. and uh, <laughs> It's the end of the uh, day. Oh, he, yes, he is, Ken. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's doing really well. He's, uh, he's a great help around the place, and, um, yeah, and, and I'm sure he'll do well. Good stuff, good stuff. So we're talking about uh, Graham Sun Lane there. Hey, really appreciate the time today. Best of luck, in particular, with Bank of Bakuda, who steps out for you for the first time going around in race number eight. We'll see you trackside. Okay, thanks, Chris. Graham Dwyer talking to Chris Barsby. Chris, just in regards to Captain Ravishing, I just went back and watched his debut, which was around this time last year when Armoured trained him. Um, He drew the inside he led. His time there was 157.7. His mile rate was 157.7. Fast forward to a year, and what did he run the other night there? 151.1, sitting outside lead. Now, the other thing, Steve, just... Like we keep comparing these two, they've they've met three times so far, right? Captain Ravishing and Leap to Fame. Captain Ravishing has beaten Leap to Fame. That was in a heat of the Derby in Victoria. Leap to Fame ran second on that occasion. In the two occasions where Leap to Fame has beaten Captain Ravishing, one was in the Victoria Derby final. Captain Ravishing ran fifth, and in the New South Wales Derby final, Captain Ravishing ran last. So the scores two one in favour of uh, Leap to Fame. So, but. Uh, he was awesome there on Saturday night. Our next guest, I'll be keen to get his thoughts. Which one would he rather drive, Captain Ravishing or Leap to Fame? Matt Elkins is with us. How are you, Matt? Good, thanks. Were you stunned by that as well, watching it? Yeah, that's absolutely amazing um, to just think a horse can do that and then to watch it. And I mean, all things considering it looked a cold, rainy, stormy night. To do it on a rain-affected track is just unbelievable. Just his change-up speed, just his legs. They're like pistons when he goes for him, this horse. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's sort of, it's sort of the horse you kind of dream to have a sit behind one day because it just looks unreal. How would you describe his gait as a horseman watching him? Uh, it looks pretty good from from TV. Um, I'd just say it's fast, to be honest. Yeah. So which one would you rather drive? Well, it's always hard to line up two champions, but probably Leap to Fame does have the sort of edge at the moment, I think, personally, just because he can be driven in so many different ways and it's so strong and tough, but, I mean, leap to, um, Captain Ravishing's just got that deadly turn of foot, so you can't sort of split him. Yeah, that's the thing, and Chris, isn't it? Leap to fame, his margins sometimes aren't huge, whereas this horse, when he wins, he, he, he gaps rivals, doesn't he? Yeah, he just smashes them. So, Matt, if you were breeding, which one would you breed to first? 
Um, not two wins in my breeding, to be honest, but I'd probably stick with the Queensland elite to fame at this stage. Good answer. Good answer. Now, I want to talk to you about your drives today, but before I get to today, you're able to take out the feature trot race on Sunday at Marburg, the Graham Harriet Memorial with Rocket Nova. How satisfying was that victory for the family there on, on Sunday? Yeah, very satisfying. Um, you know, charters have been something that I haven't had a lot to do with over the years, and my father either. I think he's only trained one one trotter before Rocket Nova. So to get a trotter that was doing a lot wrong and get it racing and get it around a few times, but then to win a race with it, very satisfying. And then to put on top that it was a Graham Hart Memorial, it was just even sweeter. Yeah. And given the fact that this horse has had a number of stables throughout his career, so he's he's bounced around in a few different homes, but you guys have got him now and, and to get him back in the winner's circle. And that was his first win for a long time. That would have been uh, extra satisfying as well. Yeah, very happy and proud of Dad, I guess. He's done a lot of hard work and put a lot of effort into it with his farrier, Brad Forge, and they seem to be getting the best out of him now. So does that mean that we'll see more trotters in the uh, the Elkins stable? Oh, I don't know if he's caught the bug yet or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You've got a late start too today. You, you uh, get to have the sleep in because you're in races five, six, seven, eight, and 9, so the last half of the program. Race five today, this one for your dad, Greg. Uh, Mafioso girl, uh, you know her inside out. Is she capable of uh, putting in some sort of effort today? Um, you know, she's never too far away, but she's probably mad at racing best when she's up on the speed, um, probably from the second line there today. We've sort of got to hope the one holds up and three fences available, and that's probably her best shot at earning some money. Is she better suited at the, the 2,138, or do you like her over the mile? Uh, she's probably suited at the mile when she's up on the front end, but if she's coming from behind, maybe the 21 does suit her a bit better. Okay. Race six today, roll one over. You know this guy, Will. You've sat behind him on a, a number of occasions. He's never far away, so is this the type of race that he can feature in? Yeah, he's actually been racing really well, this horse, and he sort of never seems to get the right trip in the right race where he can get the win, but um, it's sort of an interesting race there today. It's sort of hard to pick the leader of that front line. So for our chances, we just got to hope that a few of them try to decide to lead today, and that creates good pressure in an even tempo race. Heaven and Loxley on the backup after winning last week. He was super impressive. So is he the horse to beat? Yeah, definitely. Um, he was sort of super there last week, but so he's on the backup and drawn gate seven. So it's probably not going to be easy for him out there either, and that probably gives us some chance. Okay. Race seven, your own runner here, Midnight Calm. Uh, third run for the stable, first up winner, and then beaten narrowly behind strong response last week. Can he turn it around and uh, beat these horses today? Yeah, I think so. Um, he sort of hasn't put a foot wrong since he's joined the stable. He um, put the riding on the board with a good trial and was sort of pretty impressive first up. And a few little things didn't go his way last start where he's trying to make ground from last, but I thought his efforts were good to get as close as he did. He's done a fair bit of travelling uh, during his career so far. So um, what was the thing that stood out for you to, to, to get him? And is he sort of living up to, to what you hope for? Is he exceeding expectations? Um, I sort of really liked the horse he was on the site for sale a while ago, and I actually missed miss getting him, but I really liked his South Australian form. Um, I don't mind getting horses from South Australia. I've sort of had good success in the past, but... His Tassie form sort of faded away, and to be completely honest, I didn't even watch any of the replays in Tassie. I just snapped at the opportunity and bought the horse, and sort of ever since I've had him, I've been pretty happy with him. Okay, he's a good style of horse. Yeah, he's a 
Might be a show pony one day. He looks pretty flashy, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, race eight today, Superbond. This is your first drive behind this guy. Um, his form on paper, probably a little indifferent. How do you assess his chances? Yeah, obviously the first time sat behind the horse, sort of hard to line him up too much. But he's probably a horse at stages of his career has showed ability and some sort of talent, but just sort of probably finds it hard to stay up at that level all the time. So sort of drawn out in gate six, we don't have many options, but just to try and give him the best trip we can and see if we can run home. Okay, it's a, it's a tricky race, that one, with a number of question marks against a number of runners there. Final race today, a Hoka Jimmy is your old favourite. Uh, he's drawn nicely here in gate two. Can he sort of show up? Yeah, I think so. Um, just that I think gate two is probably the perfect draw for him. He often draws gate one and doesn't sort of have brilliant gate speed and you use him a little bit and still get crossed. And I don't think that's sort of his best racing pattern anyway. So so at any time he draws gate two, I'm pretty happy with that. And just sort of let him flop out of the gate and see where we end up and make our run late. Looks like this race will generate a bit of pressure. Yeah, there looks to be a few that we're trying to chance their arm there. Obviously, you've got Moretti and he's trying to hold up from one, but you've also got handsome hero, Mr. Clooney and Admiral Bronski like to drive forward. And then even Warfare out from gate seven. Um, so there could be some good pressure in this race. Okay, well, it's going to be an interesting day for you at the office. Midnight Calm, is he the horse that you're looking uh, most forward to today? Yeah, I think he's my best winning chance, but I also do think I hope Jimmy's a real good each-way chance in the last. All right, we'll take the tip. Race seven, number nine, and race nine, number two, each-way there. Matty, as always, really appreciate the chat. Uh, keep up the good form, and we'll see you trackside later today. Thanks, Chris.